0: Where the lights shine bright, In the Where they can make you a star, Vegas!
1: at the NFR. <laughs> NFR Extra is a weekly podcast that focuses on the Wrangler National Finals Rodeo and features icons that embody the rodeo and Western lifestyle.
2: put that caliber of riders on that caliber of horses in one venue, I mean, I feel like it's kind of like the NFR. It's just really good watching and I respect other disciplines and what they can do with horses and it really makes me want to ride a cow horse. I, I, my bucket list is I want to run one down the fence because uh, I think it looks like a blast.
1: Is there one piece of advice that he gave you that really stands out that you hold, hold dear and dear to you today?
2: basically you can't win if you don't enter and you
1: know hi i'm dusty tuckness nine-time PRCA bullfighter of the year and this is nfr extra
0: we have the fantastic opportunity to talk with a cowgirl legend miss sherry Servey, world champion and one of the few if not the only lady to cross the three million dollar mark how are you miss sherry
2: I'm doing great. Thank you for having me.
0: It's an honor to have you with us. So tell us a little bit about getting started in, in professional rodeo. I mean, obviously we, we've we heard stories of, of your dad being involved, but tell us a little bit about, about your beginnings in Barrels.
2: Um, You know, my mom and dad both rodeoed and I was, you know, rode when I was younger and uh, my mom competed, and I just have always wanted to be a bar racer, and I love horses. And so, you know, I I did other things, but uh, I think the love of the horse and the competitiveness is what drives me.
1: What do you, What do you look for in the horses that you ride?
2: Um, you know, I'm fortunate enough. My dad raises horses, so, um, you know, I've been able to have. Colts at my, you know, fingertips for, for a long time. And so, you know, athletic ability, um, their willingness to learn, they got to be gritty I think to be rodeo horses, uh, size doesn't really matter. I've rode little ones and big ones, but, uh, you know, the, I think at the end of the day, their willingness and and they got to like their job.
1: Do you kind of like those fire breathers? <laughs>
2: As long as they want to run barrels, good. (laughs) (laughs) I can put up with a lot as long as they do their job.
1: (laughs) It's barrel racing, not bowling horse. Come on. That's exactly right.
2: Well, and with that, is there one horse that kind of stood out to you the most that was that kind of fire breather or super quirky and just was always one you had to, all right, you do your job, so it's worth it yeah, um, the gray horse that I won my first world championship on his name was Troubles, and he was the definition of quirky., uh, some of it, you know, I mean, like he was trained when I got him. Um, and he just you know we could do a whole podcast on on his quirkiness, but uh, he taught me, you know to to respect one, but he loved his job in the arena and I won a lot of money on that horse but he, he was definitely he um the first 6 months that I had him he didn't I never shot him cuz he was hard to shoe uh when we did finally get him shot you'd have to shoe like two of his feet and give him a break and like an hour or two later come back um he didn't really like men which sometimes was a, a damper um, but it, you know he, he, he was, he taught me a lot. I think
0: uh, he was aptly named. Exactly. <laughs> <Yeah>. He
2: was
1: <laughs> not liking men with the horseshoe or it kind of makes sense on that. So no dorm gel or romp them or anything like that to kind of damper the mood.
2: You know, you couldn't give him a shot. So, um, <laughs> there's you know, another one. <laughs> there's another one. Yeah. Uh, the only person that could ever give him a shot was my vet and, uh, which, you know, was in like hardly ever gave him a shot. Um, so yeah, he, he, that's, that's the way he rolled.
1: I like that
0: Yeah, by his rules. We just don't
2: shoot (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Yep. yep. (laughs) He was tough. He was a tough horse. And, uh, you know, I mean, he, he had a lot of heart.
0: So this is not a knock on other barrel racers, but the one thing that I've always appreciated about what you do and how you do it, Sherry, is it looks like your horse's more than some others are very broke. Okay. You, you don't seem to have a lot of alley troubles and and things of that nature. So is that something that you try and spend a little extra time with, especially on horses that you train?
2: Uh, Definitely. You know, I feel like if I I spend a lot of time just being real quiet and if they need to go to, um, we call them exhibitions where they just go slow and and a lot of slow work in the alleyway and, and giving them confidence. I'm not saying that I, that every one of them will be quiet, but I really do try to, um, you know, keep my horses as calm as you can, which, I mean, it's hard because they know that at the end of the alleyway, they got to blast off and run as hard as I can. So, you know, uh, I think a lot of bro horses get a bad rap for being bad in the alley, but we ask them for a lot. Also, I think that, um, we rope on our horses too. And, and given those horses a different job is, has been really successful in, in my, um, career, my training, uh, is just, you know, doing other things and they do get, um, I think more broke and, um, you know, it's, it's, it's beneficial down the road.
0: Be honest with us. Can you, have you put Corey in a barrel saddle?
2: Uh yeah, he helps me all the time. I I am very grateful for him because he does help me ride my Colts and you know I've got a lot of of horses to, to ride and So, um, you know, he will help more if I go to jackpot and I need help, he'll help me warm up horses. So, which is awesome because he's not too proud to to get in a barrel saddle. But you yeah, know, I don't and know a lot recording. of people don't know this thing. <laughs> um, Corey's mom is a world champion barrel racer, two-time world champion barrel right. racer. So <laughs> he he knows a, a lot about barrel racing.
1: Warm this horse up and yes, ma'am, is not an unfamiliar <laughs> term to him, man.
2: Yeah. <laughs> now, when you are training horses and they are, you're roping on them, do you think this actually transitioned into benefiting their barrel racing because of the ground? You know, they tend to have to actually find their feet a little more. Oh, absolutely. I think, you know, just anything that you can do on them um, to, to teach them, you know, handling and, and um, move better. And yes, where their feet are is very important. We doctor on most of our, our horses, not all of them. Um, out, we come um, to Wisconsin for the summer and we doctor yearlings. And so a lot of them will go to the pasture and they have to learn where their feet are real fast out here.
1: Do you do you tie off on them, doctoring, or is always kind of staying on horseback on them?
2: Um, we stay on horseback, head and heal them, and then get off and you know tie them down and, yeah. and doctor them.
1: So they gotta they gotta kind of get used to that too. So yes, that's impressive.
0: So with both you and Corey being world champions, it, whose opinion matters most? Is it a give and take, <laughs> or are you in charge?
2: <laughs> oh. Um, is he right there? <laughs> he is not okay, but he'll probably listen to this, so I gotta choose my words wisely. <laughs> um, you know I, I feel like we both respect we respect each other and each other's opinions, and we are both very strong willed people, but at the end of the day, uh you know he is a very good horseman, and I will ask him his opinion about boris and what he sees, and not necessarily all the time I agree with him and Sure. But he'll do the same thing with me, you know. Ask, well, what? As I feel like I've seen a lot of team roping, and and you know, give him my opinion, and you know, we take what we want out of it, and, and yeah. we throw away the other.
0: <laughs> so I know there's been some articles and things written about about your dad, but I would say having a foundation like that, and and you talked about some of the cults that have been around you growing up. Tell us a little bit about your relationship with him and, and what that, what that means to you today.
2: Yeah, it's, it's very, very special and important to me. Um, he's been very instrumental in my career. Um, you know, uh, putting me on, on good horses when I was a kid. Um, you know, I, I would just, I feel like trying to teach me to be a better horseman. Um, and, I look back and i'm I'm very appreciative of that because you know I mean he stuck me on a lot of different horses, and um he was very supportive in whatever I wanted to do um I think he thought and wanted me to go to college, but I begged him to let me try to make the n f r one time and and quit school for a year, and he was supportive of that, and you know, uh, here I am um, <laughs> many years down the road um he was a person that I could always call, you know, if I was down, um, and the road was, was getting long and I wanted to come home, you know, he knew the right words to stay to, you know, kind of get me back focused on, on the end goal. And so just uh, my parents have been so supportive. I, I, you know, I, I can't stress how much they mean to me and, and, um, that foundation that they laid for me. And, uh, you know, I, I know when I was growing up, I probably wasn't very appreciative, but I, I am now.
1: Is there one piece of advice that he gave you that really stands out that you hold hold dear and dear to you today?
2: Um, there's lots. Basically, you can't win if you don't enter, and you know. <laughs> so I'd be like, okay, you know, I gotta keep going, and um. Yeah, It just, it was just, he had a way of, of, um, you know, I feel like my dad and I have a pretty special relationship and, um, it was just the way he would word things. And, um, yeah, it was, I, I know he's given me a lot of advice, but he'd, he'd tell me that. And then also he'd, you know, send, send some good news home. Was, yeah, he'd always you know. tell me that. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: we all come from ag backgrounds, but I know absolutely nothing about growing cranberries. Can you, what? What kind of uh, insight can you give us into the world of cranberries and ocean spray?
2: Well, the short version is uh, they don't grow in water. <laughs> A lot of people uh, you know, misconstrue uh, that just because of the ads right. that have been out there that are right. awesome. We love that. But they are only in, in water during harvest. So two or three days at the most. Um, they grow in beds. And, um, we do, you do have to have a lot of water to grow cranberries and the soil has to be real high in acid so that they can't just grow anywhere. That's why, you know, only certain spots and, um, yeah, they, they kind of flood them a little bit and they, they call it a harrow that drives over the top of them and the cranberries come off and they float to the top of the water and they have like a boom or a corral on the border of the bed and they just you know, winch them in and they get put on a, uh, uh, conveyor belt and then they go to the plant.
0: That's awesome. I learned yeah. something today. Yeah. I did
2: too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I learned I'll never be a cranberry farmer.
2: I don't
0: have to spoil all the
1: water.
2: Well, uh, uh, they're, they're not going to just grow in Texas or, or Arizona. I know that. <laughs>
0: In more than three decades in Vegas, 360 world champions have struck gold. None have won more titles than the three that make up the inaugural Vegas NFR Icons class. Banners for Trevor Brazil, Charmaine James, and Ty Murray will be permanently lifted to the rafters at the Thomas and Mack Center. And on December 1st, all three will be honored at a tribute luncheon at Virgin Hotels Las Vegas. Get your tickets now. Go to NFRExperience.com forward slash NFR Vegas icons for details. So are are you, you're doing some things with Teton Ridge now, correct?
2: I am. Yes. Yes.
0: What does that entail?
2: Well, the Teton has four bar racers that are in Dorsey's and, um, you know, we've been with them about a year and I'm, I'm really excited what Teton's doing for the Western industry. And I, I think, you know, they, they've done some big things already, but, uh, they're really uh, just one of the things that, that they are interested in is the youth. And that really, um, something that, that I love and, uh, want to try to do more for kids. Uh, I put on a youth race in three parts of the three times a year. And, um, it's just a big kind of jackpot basically, but we give scholarships and awards and, uh, we are working on doing a fourth one back East and Teton's really helping me, um, put that together. And, um, you know, I just, um, I'm excited with what they have in the future. You were just here in Vegas for the run for a million. Talk about that event and how do you as a barrel racer or a trainer watch that event and take it in? Well, last year was the first time that I had um, attended the Run for the Million and really ever gone to a, an event that didn't have bar racing, <laughs> really. <laughs> um, and it was really, really cool. And I, so I went back again this year um, just because, you know... When you put that caliber of, um, riders on that caliber of horses in one venue, I mean, I feel like it's kind of like the NFR, uh, a little bit, it's just really good watching and, and I respect other disciplines and what they can do with horses. And it really makes me want to ride a cow horse. I, I, my bucket list is I want to run one down the fence, uh, cause I think it looks like a blast and sure. I know it's not easy. I'm not saying that at all. Um but you know i i had a really good time and i i think i'm going to lead in i think that what teton's doing with the american and and uh those other disciplines the cutting the reining and the working cow horse is going to be so cool for all disciplines to kind of come together and watch Um, the rodeo people. I don't know how many actually have gone over, you know, and watched any of those other disciplines. And um, so bringing them all together, I think is a step forward in what's to come in the future.
1: Yeah. The American too, there's some big stuff taking place with that. Is there not?
2: Yeah. Yeah, there is. Uh, I mean, just in itself, the American, the rodeo, but you know, bringing, I don't know. Is it the American the horse American horsemen. Performance horsemen. Yeah. Yeah. So those guys, you know, coming and, and getting uh, you know, the rodeo fans being able to watch that. I I I think it's it's gonna be really cool.
1: Right. And kind of a transition too. They're moving locations, correct? They're going to Globe. Globe, Globe Life. Life. Yes.
2: Yep. Yeah, that'll be something yep. else. Yeah, okay. I think it all in all, I think it's a good move. And uh, you know, watching the NFR and Globe Life, I thought it was it really successful. So um yeah, I I think it'll
1: be cool. Yeah, absolutely. The thing with the youth too, that's so encouraging because, you know, there's just such a a separation. It seems like now uh, we've had some other conversations um, previous to this about, you know, production agriculture as a whole, and people don't really have a concept. And I think one of the ways to connect with people that are from a non-agriculture background is rodeo on the horse side. You know I mean? There's like Mm -hmm. a connection there. So that's, that's yeah. very, very uh, positive with Teton Ridge moving in that direction.
2: I agree. I You know, that's the thing that we see at our youth races is that there's quite a few parents that don't come from a Western or agricultural background, and their daughter's you know, maybe watched um, something on TV, or they went to their local gym, Canada, or their friend, whatever, and they want to become a bar racer. And these parents are all in, which is awesome. And the good thing about rodeo is like one big family. And you don't have to know um, everything there is about horses or bar racing. There's plenty of people to help you and to learn and, um, you know, kind of take you under your wing. And so that's, that's really cool for us to to be a part of with our youth races, is educating these parents and, you know, along with their kids
0: yeah. and
2: in Teton's very, you know, um, they, they want to be involved in, in that stuff too, which, because, you know, Thomas didn't come from an agricultural or a Western background and he loves the Western industry. And so, you know, that's, that's how we got, got to here. So it's awesome. So, with
0: with you not beating the streets as much as you have in the past, are, do you have any breeding operations or surety training? What what else do you have going on, Sherry?
2: Yeah, I have um, some colts that I'm, you know, working on. Uh, Corey and I do own uh, three studs, which I swore I would never own a stud, but here I am. Or, you know, <laughs> Times we're, we're all in. <laughs> yeah, we own three. Corey so, said it was four. Um,
0: yeah. He's one. T- I mean.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh anyways that you know we do have the stud program we're in involved in and um you know riding some colts and trying to get them um you know where either we can ride them and, and compete on them or you know sell them for somebody to go you know down the road on and um, we're we're really excited about some of our colts I people ask me i am not retired i just um <laughs> you know <laughs> i still want to go it's just i've been trying to get some young horses going and uh you know the the good ones are hard to find and there are a lot of good ones out there right now i feel like barrel racing is so tough um and so i want to be competitive when i do go so <laughs>
1: there's probably some young young barrel races out there like i no, I thought she was retired. What do you mean she's not going? She, Great. Yeah. yeah. No. no. Yeah. No. Sherry, I yeah. want
2: you to keep <laughs>
1: What uh what kind of pedigree are we looking at for the top side on your stallion programs?
2: Um, so they all kind of go back to my dad's breeding in his foundation. Um, one is a son of Denaro, um mm-hmm. that my dad, you know, had PC Frenchman's heyday and out of a Lay Apache mare, which Lay Apache was what Troubles was. So we got some of those mares because of troubles. And so we crossed them and that stud actually Corey is com- going to compete on. He's a gray stud. His name's MP um, De Niro's wood patch. Does he have uh, shoes? Though? He does have shoes. Yes. He didn't, he doesn't come with the quirkiness. The Yes. Yeah. That's gone. <laughs> um, the other one is uh, he's an older stud. He's by a, lone drifter and out of a Sunfrost mare which is like so my dad's breeding you know the driftwood breeding Mm -hmm. um and then we have a young stud that we're actually partners with high point and he is out of stingray uh the mare that i won two gold buckles on um by dash to fame and his name is mp king george and so i'm really really excited about him Um, he's just three um and so, you know, I I'll start him and Corey's gonna rope on him a little bit and then we're gonna stand him at high point. So And
0: and I'm sure uh, if he's got a stingray, he's probably ugly. <laughs>
2: yeah, he's hard to look at. Yeah. <laughs> 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 mm-hmm. Not really, but <laughs> <I'm sure. laughs> yeah. So that's that's fun. I and you know, having stingray, I have um Three or four of her colts I've sold um, a couple of them and you know to to watch her um, offspring go on and be you know successful with other people and and carry on that bloodline that's really cool to watch
1: what about your bottom side for the mares do you have a handful of brood mares
2: we do we have a handful um, so I have stingray still and then I have a full sister to her that um, I'm crossing on the um a lone drifter stud that we have and um then i have uh, a couple of mares that are daughters of danero um that i've competed on and they've gotten hurt or just older and, and kind of retired on retired them and so uh you know but they all all those mares that i have that i've competed on go back to either hawk breeding which was um jet deck and you know kind of older run and bred or the lay Patch breeding on
1: yeah, that's solid.
2: So yeah, it's fun. It's yeah. it's it's addicting. That that's I I get this from my father. He has passion for his horses, uh, he loves his breeding program, and he he could talk to you for hours about what I was breeding. And and he and I have a problem. We are a little bit of a hoarder. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so Corey keeps me where we uh, we got to get you know. Slim down a little bit, and I always joked if you wanted to buy something on fodder ranch, go to my mom because everything's for sale. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Corey, you want to slim down, stop eating. That's all I know. Yeah, I get yeah. rid of right.
2: <laughs> exactly, it's my addiction.
1: You said you're not going to have one stud, you're going to have 10.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. How many yeah. do you have there on property now? Uh, we have up here I'm in Wisconsin right now, um, for the summer, and we've got, I think. Close to 30 head of horses, which they're not some, a couple of them, you know, a few of them are ranch horses and stuff. And our brood mares we keep in Arizona. Um, but we're riding mm, probably about 20 head, you know, of all ages, like yeah. from start at three year old to, to older horses.
1: When you're uh, up there doctoring, do you kind of keep those things in rotation for barrels and roping, or is it when they're doctoring, do you just kind of give them a break on the arena side and go out and and do ranch work
2: most of the time we just do ranch work like um you know i just kind of give them a break of like the arena time because they get plenty of that when we leave here so um i'm not saying i don't like i i've started my three-year-olds because i don't them until they're five so all my three-year-olds i'm starting them now but letting them kind of go out on the pasture you know two or three days a week yeah uh, also
0: so i've got just a general broad stroke question for you, Sherry. You're, it, people that have had one-on-one conversations with you, you're very humble, you're very unassuming. Was there any point in time when you started out that you thought you would have the success that you enjoy today? Because I, I know you don't like talking about yourself, but, you know, was there ever a moment early on in your career where you were like, hey, I can do this and not just once. I I think I can make a living out of this.
2: Mm. No, uh you know I mean when I started out it was just make the finals one time, and then I had really good finals my first year, and then i was like i was I was hooked, right. I was like, oh, okay, you know, nineteen and more money than I thought I'd ever seen in a lifetime um but I mean obviously winning gives you confidence, i think any with anybody, but um. No, I never thought I would, you know, 20 plus years into it, have the career that I've had, the sponsorships and the, the amazing uh, opportunities that I've had, but I was doing something that I loved and, you know, I, I didn't really want to do anything else.
1: Right. That's, you know, it goes back to the, I, the education part of it, as far as a formal education, you know, if you follow your heart and follow your passion and what you can learn from different people. There's so much that you can learn outside of a classroom setting. And for the, I mean, I'm not discouraging. I went to college. Andy went to college, Brian, I went to college. All my kids go to college. But like what you're saying, you know, I i don't use my degree. You know, I mean, I, I'm now I'm like, well, I just, I did that to probably stay out of jail for four years.
2: <laughs>
1: but like what you're doing is, I mean. You you take that passion, you take that desire, and you apply it, and the success that you have is that. And you know it's not something I'm going to work for ten years and twenty years and then retire. It's like I'm going to do this until right. the day I die because it's what I
0: love. Is, yeah. Is, yeah. is there one gold buckle that sticks out more than the others?
2: Mm, probably the last one. It just it was a fairy tale year. '99 I had an amazing um year also on on Hawk, but in 2013 you know there was obviously more money um and uh it was my second gold buckle on stingray and um it just was a it was an incredible year
0: well it's it's been fun watching you and we look forward to doing it for years to come um uh, on whatever level it is because from all of us i can promise you there's there's no better person and an ambassador for not only the barrel racing world but the horse training and and breeding world because you're your tentacles, your roots are growing out, um, you know, and that's, that's something to be proud of. So thank you for all that you do, Sherry. You're, you're truly great for, for our part of the world.
2: Well, I appreciate that. Thank yeah. you for taking the time to join us.
0: Want to experience more of the NFR? Then visit NFRExperience.com. And we invite you to subscribe to NFR Extra on Apple Podcasts, spotify iHeartRadio, and wherever you're listening right now if you like what you've heard on nfr extra we would love it if you gave us a five-star rating and tell your friends how to subscribe